Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with someone else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based company, please do us a favor and drop a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitchell. David. Why do people care that the Queen of England is dead? Why? I can't, Dude, I can't figure it out. You know, I don't know either. Like... It, it drives me insane. It's like all over the news. Yeah. First off, this is not England anymore. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I had a customer this week ask me if we were like, they were surprised we were not observing the the 10 days of whatever. What, what's it called? The 10 days of morning? Yeah, morning, not, yeah. Not closing, for, not closing <laughs> for 10 days. Yeah, and, and they, they said, I'm, I'm surprised I was able to get a plumber to my home before the coronation. And, and I told him, I said, uh... We haven't had to concern ourselves with that since 1776. <laughs> so, like, how old were these people? This guy was probably in his 70s. Okay. So, I mean, he gets a little bit of a break. I mean, maybe, but, but not really. He, I mean, so Vietnam age. He's Vietnam age. Yeah, like, a, like a, he could have been a veteran he's, in Vietnam in his 70s. He's still 200 years removed from. I just don't get it. Man. <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand. I mean, yeah. Okay, a public figure died. Okay, yeah, got it. All right, right. nice. I don't care. Why, right. why do I care? I mean, now, I will I say just, it, it's it. kind of interesting to see the tradition and see the, you know, all of that stuff. They don't rule England anymore. No, I know. It's just I, for looks. Yeah, but, like, it's, I don't know, part of it... it it, it's. I say it's inter- It's it's interesting as if made like as if as made up TV is interesting. Like it, it's it's I, okay. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I'm trying to, to see the pomp really and the circumstance and, and the organization and the the ceremony. Like okay, I kind of get that. When I However, see that stuff, I think, man, look at how much money they're fucking wasting oh, yeah. on this stupid crap. Yeah, that's what I think. And it's all tax free. Like you know, they're their just, own little like. It governed thing. I don't get it. Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't get it either. All right, that bitch is wasting enough of my time. On with the show, bitch. <laughs> and enough about the queen. Enough. Question for you, Dave. Ask me a question. What do you got? Do you think we're entitled to success? Do you think people... Are, are you saying people in general? Well, yeah. We is in like the we general... In society? The general population of us. We is in society. Yeah. Ask me the question again. My do mind's clear. You, do you think... We okay. are entitled to success. No. Not one bit. Not one bit. Not one bit. Is that what the answer you were looking for? Or, no, I'm not, I, or I want your answer. Okay, no, that's my answer. Yeah? That's my answer. No, I don't think so at all. Who do you think deserves success? People that work for success. People that work hard. Or people that have, even though... E- I would say if someone hasn't worked hard but they've made a huge sacrifice, I would say they are deserving of success. Yeah. Those would be my two I mean that's that's it. Yeah, if you want to be successful and you want to be 
I sh- I, I'm not. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Someone special, quote right. unquote, someone that people look up to. You have to work for it. Right. Okay. Even even the top athletes, the top tennis players that have the God given talent, still have to work for it. Right. I mean, you hear all the time about these players that are just five tool athletes. They are the best. They are the greatest. They're going to be awesome. And then they don't put in the work and guess what? They're working at fucking McDonald's like everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so they didn't deserve maybe it. Maybe not McDonald's, maybe Chick-fil-A. Or, or, they're, <laughs> or they're a coach at a high school. Like, right. My point is they could have been, you know, an all time elite, great performer. And instead they're just average Joe. Cause they didn't want to put the work in. Right. That makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah. I so mean, the, the it, questions, it seems simple. It's yeah. like, it's, yeah, the, the questions inspired by a post today from a social media mentor of mine. Um, and his post says your success will be directly defined by your ability to endure financial and emotional pain. No one is entitled to success. It's there for all of us to work for. Success is not handed out. It's earned. So go make the most of the hand you are dealt. It won't be easy. It will be painful. It will break your heart. It will push you to your mental limits. It will drain you. It will also be 100% worth it when it's your time. Forget what you've heard and go earn what you deserve. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's basically what I just said, right? <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about this on a previous show a where... Well, we've touched on it. We touch on it a lot. Yeah, where we talk about life is not designed to give you what you want or need. Life is designed to give you what you deserve. And and essentially, we were talking about these same sentiments. Yeah. Um, you know, success will come to those who deserve it. And just because... So I'll, I'll add to what you were saying a little bit. Just because you work hard doesn't mean you deserve it, right? Like, if you work hard and work dumb, you don't deserve success. Like, you're making poor decisions that are causing you to have to work hard. Therefore, you're you're working hard because you're not working smart. And so it's going to be difficult to see success. Well, right. I mean, yeah. But I know people that work hard and just make okay decisions. And they're, they don't make the best decisions, but then they overcome that by working even harder. Yeah. But then, I mean, that pushes them into, quote unquote, the deserve category. Yeah. You yeah. know, they've earned their spot to be there. Yeah. And and so you're kind of talking about two areas, too. Like, right. one is the avoidance of making bad decisions. Like, yeah. you simply avoid making bad decisions in life, you're going to do pretty well. Right? And then if you have the foresight Especially and the vision. Especially if you live in this country. Yeah. And if you have the foresight and the vision to make extraordinarily good decisions, well, now you're in like a whole nother level. Yeah. So, um, like uh, I work really hard, you know, but there were, I mean, I've made a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. You know, I, especially when I was younger. I kind of lost count. Like when, like when I think back, you know, to when I was, you know, tw- 18 to 23. I got married when I was 22. Yeah, 22. So, you know, in that time period, I mean, I made a lot of bad decisions. And yeah. I liked – what eats me up a lot is I'll think about, oh, man, if I'd have done this or if I'd have done that, you know, and then it starts to eat on you a little bit. I could have been here. I could have been there. But then I also – to 
kind of balance that out, I think of it as, well, I may not be where I am now if I hadn't learned from those mistakes that I had made. I think a lot of that has happened, especially in my life. Like I've looked back and been like, oh, I learned from that. And right. it made me make this decision instead of this decision. Yeah. And so that kind of catapulted me here, yeah. which was on the right path to where I am now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this is a little off topic, but for those that dwell on the mistakes that you've made in the past and think, oh, I just can't overcome them. I can't. There's no way for me to get past that stuff. That's just not true. Right. I mean, you have to be... You not have the slightest. To, you have to mentally be strong enough to say, okay, I have made those mistakes and I'm not going to let them drag me down. Right. I am going to move forward. Even if they didn't teach you anything, you still have to be able to say, I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to move forward. And I think... a a lot of people that I know personally, they let that stuff, you know, it's kind of like PTSD, but not really PTSD. Yeah. You know, they kind of, it kind of fogs your brain up and holds you back. Yeah. Um, you just have to be able to push past that and move forward. And when I say PTSD, I'm not talking about like veterans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just mean, yeah. you know, people that have had past trauma. Yeah. Past trauma, but not like past trauma. I, I hate when people say, oh, well, PTSD, and then everyone just jumps to, oh, that's a veteran's thing. Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah. active it, combat. Yeah, that's like the peak hardest thing to come back yeah. from. I'm talking about... You can have PTSD from a car accident. Yeah, I'm talking smaller time stuff, not, yeah. Yeah. you know, to be clear. So the uh, the post, I don't want to skip too far here. The post uh, that I just read, that was uh, posted by a guy named Ryan Stuman. Um, if you're not following the guy on social media, you probably should because he posts some really, really cool shit. Um, but, uh, he's a pretty good living example of it, right? Like he's a twice convicted felon and like, he's got the stereotypical past. I think he's been divorced two or maybe three times. Like he's got every reason under the sun for why he shouldn't be successful. Is his alias Monty Hilton? (laughs) Uh, no he's not your dad okay just check Uh, it but um my dad's not been to prison yeah just to make that clear uh so ryan has been to prison actually but um so he's been uh you know he's been through a bunch and he put himself through a bunch right from bad decisions however he's used those as inspiration for why he is who he is today and why his mission is what it is today rather than what a lot of people do is they use it as why they can't do something, right? Yeah. I can't do this because I'm a felon. Bullshit. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Now, is it going to change the timeline of things? Yeah, probably. Of but, course it is. You know, that doesn't mean you can't go live the best life that you were supposed to live. So, um, the, 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 uh, the idea that success is owed to anybody uh, it's kind of flawed, right? Um, uh, you've got to put in work every day and you've got to be, you've got to become comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, I, I kind of look up to, I, and I, I've never made this correlation until recently, but I've always, I've always watched MMA, uh, fighting and, and I've, like had such an admiration for these guys because here they are in like a no win situation. They're in a hold or they're being choked or they're, they're pinned or maybe they just got struck really hard and they're, they're trying to get their wits about them or whatever. 
and their their perseverance and the ability to still push through and still drive on has just always intrigued me, right? Well, you you correlate that that there's a lot of very very successful people out there who practice MMA on a regular basis, and they do it on purpose. Uh, they don't do it because they like it or because it seems to be like the cool thing to do. They do it because if they can choose to go put themselves in a scenario where somebody's trying to kill them or could, right? I mean, it's practice, so. Yeah. But but if they can choose to go put themselves in a scenario like that, then there's nothing they're going to face throughout the day that's too hard for them to overcome. They like they they literally woke up in the morning and chose violence and had some guy like choking them out, right? Yeah. And then they go to work <clears throat> and they got to look at like an Excel spreadsheet or deal with a disgruntled employee and like everything's easy after that because they've already done the hard part of their day. So um, that in itself, like that quality or that characteristic has a key to do with a lot of people's success. The things that they do outside of work make it to where the work that they're doing is not the most challenging part of their day. The, the, the work is actually easy compared to the, the other things that they do. Mitch is not telling you to wake up and say, hey, hon, punch me in the face. No, no. Actually, don't you know go what? MMA with the wife. You know what? I think that's a, so all the men out there wake up tomorrow and tell your wife to punch you in the face. Yeah, Just there, see how the day goes. There's probably plenty of videos of that going on. I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah. Send your video to us. What's the what's our email? Yeah, yeah. If your wife punches you in the face and you have it on video, send it to us. Let's not. <laughs> we'll put it on YouTube. We don't accept videos from viewers. Like yeah, what's, we do. what's the whole? <laughs> We're not ridiculous. We're not we'll ridiculousness and jackass. We won't put your stuff and... on YouTube. We won't do that, but we will watch it. Um, don't hurt yourselves. Yeah. Um, so the 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 I, like for our listeners out there that are considering starting their own company, or maybe they have started their own company. Um, your company shouldn't be the hardest thing you're doing, right? It should be hard. Don't get me wrong. Like if you're doing the right things, it should be difficult. You should be pushing yourself often enough and hard enough to where you're constantly running into new problems that you don't know how to solve. But you should be doing other things that challenge you in life so that your one, th- like your business is not the one thing that challenges you. Because when you only have the one thing that challenges with you, that's what causes burnout, Right. Like you, you take a guy with little to no hobbies and you go stick him in a nine to five job where he's micromanaged. That's the only area where he's challenged and he gets burned out real quick. Nine to five, nine to five micromanaged job. That's how people get stabbed. I mean, that guy's <laughs> well, like, I mean, that guy's going off the deep end. Yeah. I'm not saying what's happening. Yeah. People are losing their shit in he, those positions. He might go into the office and yeah, that's pop what I'm a saying. few, but I, I mean, I, I think that's a lot of that is what's wrong with our society now is people feel like they're so pushed down yeah. that they they really just are to the point where they're like, I don't know what else to do. Right. Like they just lose it. Yeah. So um, I've heard this from several of my social media mentors. I'm not sure exactly which one gets the credit for it. Um, if I had to pick one, it's probably... It's probably like Ed Milet or Andy Frisella. I'm not sure. But uh, there's enough of them that ring this same message. And that is um, self-confidence comes from the promises that you keep to yourself. So um, your self-confidence comes from promises that you've made to yourself and then promises you've kept. 
In other words, what I mean by that I don't is, know if I buy it. Let's see what you got to say. So, like, let's say you get beat up at school. Let's say you're, you're a school kid and you get beat up in school. And so you make a promise to yourself that I'm going to go start taking karate. Or I'm going to go start doing something so that I learn a few moves or whatever to keep from getting my ass kicked in school, right? If you stick with karate and you stick with that promise you made for yourself, you will have self-confidence, okay? Now, if you go to karate for four or five classes or just a couple of weeks or whatever and then you give up, you will not have self-confidence. Well, if the, you guy broke comes, that. if the guy comes at you and it was enough to kick his ass, maybe, okay, maybe, right? I don't know if I. I don't know if you're going to learn enough in a couple of weeks, right? So, self-confidence also like other realistic avenues where that stuff happens, right? Self-confidence comes from like let's say you're overweight. You could make a promise to yourself that I'm going to lose weight, right? But if you do like most people do. And you make that promise to yourself. You only make it a month. And then you go way too hard, way too fast, and you radically change your diet, and you radically change your exercise routine, and you radically change your schedule, and it was too much all at once, and you overdo it. So then you throw in the towel, and you say, I can't do any of it because you were trying to do all of it. Well, then you give up, right? And so now where's your self-confidence? You didn't like yourself a month ago, and now you just gave up like less than a month later. Your self-confidence is even worse. Right? So that would be more like bad self confidence comes from not keeping promises to that you've made to yourself. Correct. Right. So if the same token is so if, if that's true, if if low self confidence comes from not keeping promises to yourself, well then self confidence comes from keeping promises to yourself. Right? So if, if you if you make the promise to yourself that I'm going to run a mile every day for a month, I'm not going to skip a day, weather will not stop me, I will find a way to get it done, I will run a mile every day for a month. Okay, a mile's not very long, right? We're talking, we're talking tw- like even if you're obese, we're talking 20 minutes Yeah. for you to go a mile, okay? Well, it, I think it takes 20 minutes to walk a mile. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like even if you're takes, obese, I think it takes 20 minutes. you can travel on your own legs for a mile in 20 minutes. So <clears throat> if you made the commitment to yourself that I am, I am moving a mile on my own two legs every day for a month. And you did that. You will feel much better about yourself at the end of the, at the end of the month. And this isn't a fitness thing. Okay. You could, I mean, the same thing could apply for anything. If, if you made the promise to yourself, I'm going to read for 20 minutes a day for a month. Ugh. And you made that promise to yourself. Like I, 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 I don't want it to come off as a fitness thing. Right. That's just me. If I read, if I say I'm going to read 20 minutes a month, that means I'm just getting an extra nap. Well, like maybe two minutes in. Yeah, I'm asleep. Yeah. So the the promise does not have to be fitness related. I guess is what I'm getting at. It's it's making promises to yourself, setting <clears> standards <throat> for yourself. This is the standard, and then your self confidence comes from your ability to hold yourself to your standard that you set for yourself. That's literally where self confidence comes from. So um, doing that will result in you feeling empowered to go out there and take success on your own. Okay. So. I just, (laughs) I'm not saying I don't buy it. Right. I I think those are really good examples and that probably works. I just, like for me personally, I don't know where my confidence comes from. I have no idea. For you, it's arrogance. 
<laughs> but it's weird because like when like when we were kids i wasn't that way right you know i was shy i didn't you yeah. know except for like around our group of friends and stuff and then somewhere in my early 20s i, I don't know what happened was there an experience that you had that just triggered it or i have no idea i have no idea like it just like if i fail at something i don't care right if i if i if i tell myself i'm gonna get up at 5 a.m and go fishing the next day and then i wake up and i'm like nope i'm going back to bed like i don't lose confidence in myself i'm like well you know whatever right i just yeah like personally i just don't i mean i'm having a a tough time relating if it's a decision where it's like if you promise yourself this but then you're also not in the right state of mind thinking about all the logistics if like if you're like i'm gonna do this but it's like if you say, I'm going to run 10 miles, but you haven't rained in like six years, yeah, and that, you get up and you're like, oh, I can't do it, like, that's not like grounds because I'm going to lose my confidence. It's like, well, you should probably start with like walking half a mile or something. I mean, I get it. You got you to not... set like a realistic promise to yourself mm-hmm. too, right? Like, I can't go promise to myself that I'm going to be a millionaire next month. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, that's not a realistic goal. That's not mm-hmm. a realistic thing, right? But what I can promise to myself is that I'm going to save X amount of dollars every day for the next month. Like, yeah. like you can do steps in the right direction. Yeah, now that I think about it, like, so, like last, I don't remember what it was, February. I think it was February. I started building a new chicken coop. Yeah. Like, and I know I can do it. So I built this huge giant monstrosity. It's eight by 10. It's eight foot tall. It's, it's huge. Right. I mean, I, I will say that when I complete big projects that I have no idea what I'm doing, I guess that probably helps my self-confidence. Oh, it definitely gives you a up. set of satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. I think I, people, I can see that. I think yeah. people I can see like, that part. Just like compare. Once you get there, you know, setting self-goals to stay there. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense. I, I think people, they compare themselves. They see someone who's, like, successful and like, oh, they, they did that, like, in a month. But I just talked with a friend who just crossed the monetization threshold on YouTube. I asked him, how many videos do you have? He says probably 100. Right. You know, and so it's like it's to a person who, like, for me, I have maybe 15 or, or 20. Yeah. And it just goes to show that, like, people don't see that and people maybe they, they get discouraged because they look at someone like that and they don't they don't see everything. We well, had a whole so, episode about we talked about that, that, you know, don't we talked about keeping up with the Joneses or when, especially when it relates to business, you see a business and they're just huge all of a sudden in advertising. Well, you didn't yeah. see the 10 years it took them to get there. Yeah, you missed the mm. come up. Yeah. Yeah. So the so that uh, ironically, uh, Joe Rogan had a guy on today um, that was talking about, uh, and he got Joe Rogan talking about it. Um, was talking about you're never actually in competition with somebody else. You're in competition with yourself to become better, and you're using somebody else to learn where you're at. They're just a gauge for where they're you're just at. a gauge for your own development against yourself and so and and that's that's the game of golf right yeah so the game of golf is you don't play the course you don't play the guy you're playing with you're playing yourself yeah the whole time the The entire time you're playing with is to judge how good you are on that course in comparison to regular guys or professionals in any given case on any given day. That's what makes golf maybe the greatest sport of all time because it doesn't pit you against an individual necessarily. It pits you against an individual 
on a course against your, you're fighting yourself the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you as long as we say golf might be the greatest individual sport, right? Not team sport. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is literally you and yourself. Very yeah. few environmental factors that are going to affect you that aren't going to affect anybody else. Yeah. Right. Like, let's say auto racing, mm. right? So many other factors at play. Yeah. It's not you. Like, literally, your teammate could crash into you, right? Yeah. There's your teammate or the, the guy you're teeing off with isn't going to come hacking at your knees with their driver. Yeah. You, you know, while you're teeing off, right? Yeah, they're not the going yeah. to take you out <laughs> the at the number one tee box. Did not make you shank that ball. Right. Three fairways over. Unless you follow country club adjacent, and those guys absolutely make you <laughs> shank balls. So if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, look those guys up. It's some of the funniest shit you've ever seen. But um, yeah, yeah, golf is a great sport for man against himself, right? Yeah. And ultimately, that's really what life is. Right. Well, and that's like what business kinda, is too, right? You come into the world alone, and you leave alone. Yeah. There could be people next to you, but you're alone. I mean, it's it's really. Well, that's this so makes it so intriguing. That's totally what business intriguing. is. I'm not in competition with the other plumbing companies in town. I'm in competition with myself. Like I'm in competition with myself for how smart I can manage our money, for how smart I can select the right vendors, for how well I can select people that are on our team, for how well I can inspire those people to do great things, right? How well like, you can keep the government from pulling down your pants yeah. as you're trying to move forward. How, That's a whole other set you of know, How many customers can I grab <laughs> each day? Not physically grab. I mean, like, actually get to call us, right? Mm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you don't uh, work for us. <laughs> oh, please. I run your guys in the dirt. So, like, ultimately, business is a competition of yourself, Right. It is, it is literally how well can you do? And, and to Joe Rogan's credit, you know, you're, the other guys are just a metric for how well you're performing, right? Some of those guys have been in business longer, so you can kind of add that layer into it as well. Um, some of those other guys might have financial backing, so you can add that layer yeah, into mom, it. Mom may give, be giving him a $40,000 a year stipend because they're rich. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. But but those things all fall into play. But ultimately, it's still businesses about you as an individual. Well said. So um, topic number two for this evening. What are we talking about? I am looking it up right now because I wrote it down. Oh, oh Austin's going to chime in. Our producer is going to chime in with topic chime number in. two. Do you have core values? Do you have dun, dun, dun. core values? First off, everyone has core values. I'm not so sure. Oh, they do, but they may be really fucked up, but they have core values. I like think, if you ask an individual, like if I come to Mitch and I say, Mitch, what do you think your – what are your five core values? You may come up with three. You may come up with six. You may come up with ten. You know what I mean? Like core values, you yeah. And by core value, I mean something that you value as to how you judge yourself. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. A core value is what you determine or what you use to determine your mode of operation. How do you operate through life? You operate like so. If you're constantly at the bars, getting drunk, and chasing pussy. That's well, your core value. Your core value might be fun, entertainment, memorable, 
Mitch Smedley, 18 Yolo. to 23. I, I, <laughs> I think I'm Maybe. here. It's yeah. a, I think oh, it's no. a, Hey, Mitch, where are you going tonight? Uh, I'm going Fox and Hound. Hey, Mitch, where are you going? Uh, we're going to go Patio Quiz. Hey, Mitch, where are you going tonight? Uh, we're going to go <laughs> I think a big part of this, too, is like reflection because I did this for the longest time. There are so many people that they wake up, they eat breakfast, they go to work, they come back, they watch a movie. There's no, like, self-reflection of, like, how am I doing? How do I feel? Like, what am I doing, like, yeah. the tomorrow that's going to... That's not a... It's just, they just, they're almost kind of just go through the motions of the day, and then the next thing you know, they're, like, in bed, and it's like, okay. They, I would say tomorrow. they just don't have core values. That's an absence of core values, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything that's driving them or, or determining their uh, their course on I mean, core yeah. values can be anything. They can be... You know, someone prides themselves on how they treat elderly people. Yeah. How they interact with everyone around them, no matter who they are. Yeah. It could be, you know, their core value is I am a member of my church and our church is a member of our community. That right. w- That would be like their mm-hmm. core value. Right. So. But we're trying to talk ha- about business. Yeah. How so. Do core values translate into business and what core values should you have set up for your business? Yeah. I mean, do you have a, I mean, lots of guys have a handbook and, you know, big companies. And in that handbook, it will literally list, these are our six core values. Yeah. This is what Mm. we value most and want to see out of our employees. Yeah. Usually within about four to seven, seven's probably a little too many, four to five, four to six, Kind of like core values. Mission statement-ish. You can, you can pretty much blanket the general like they're they're kind of like guidestones for your company, right? They're gonna they're gonna guide every decision you make in your company. Um, if you're a newer business owner and you've got guys that are working for you, I strongly suggest that you identify what your core values are, and that you seek the buy-in from your guys on those core values, right? Um, if you're one of the listeners to the show who hasn't yet started their business. Uh, don't think you have to have core values in place before you pull the trigger. You're probably thinking right now to yourself, like, well, one of my core values is quality because I always do badass work. Or, you know, one of my core values is timeliness because I'm never late or, you know, whatever. Like, you have things that you pride yourself on. Yeah. And and chances are you're using those to help motivate you to start your company. So keep those in the back of your head. But at the moment your company gets big enough to where you're going to bring on team members and everything else, it is a really, really good idea to establish the core values of the company and make sure that all of your team members are on board with those. And then you actually use those to hire all future team members. Um, they, they, like, they help you manage people. If one of your core values is excellence and you've got somebody who's doing something that's less than excellent, you can use that value to coach them up, right? If one of your values is honesty and you have a guy that's not being honest, well, guess what? You can use those core values to coach him up, right? And ultimately, if you've got people on your team that aren't falling in line with those core values, either you make the decision or they'll make the decision. They won't be there much longer, Right, one or the other. So well, and the other guys that work there, or gals that work there, if everyone else has bought in, and yeah. then they see one employee that's not that's not acting in accordance with the way the company is run or needs to be run, right? And all it does is make 
it makes you as a business owner look bad and spineless because you're not going to that employee and saying, hey, now you're looking bad in front of all the employees. Right, right. So um, core values, if you are a business owner that has employees, um, core values help you become a better leader. It's almost like a cheat code, right? If you establish five or six good core values and you simply use those for every decision you have to make throughout the day, it, it makes your decision-making process really easy, right? Uh, it, it clears the water on, well, last time I gave this guy a little bit of slack because of this. Well, do you give him slack or do you not? I don't know. What are your values? What do they say, right? And, and, and you go that route with it. So um, I, when I started our company, I had kind of an idea of what I, what I wanted our values to be. However, I wanted the company to kind of form itself a little bit before I really put our values in place. Um, and then here just four or five weeks ago, um, I, I established what our core values are and, uh, I put those in place and we had a meeting with our whole team just to go over what the core values are for the company. And now we use those values for everything. We use them for every decision we make. We use them for every conversation we have for like, they literally guide the company. And so, um, that's part of why I waited is because I wanted to kind of see where I wanted the company to go. And then I, I built values around the, the destination goal I had for the company. Right. Um, but that helps, it helps bring a team together without values and without a common goal it's very difficult to get your entire team kind of marching in the same direction. Yeah, you have to create unity. Yeah. And core values create unity. They yeah. bring everybody together. And and if if it doesn't if there are outliers like I said before, they'll come to the surface. Yeah. You know, if if you have somebody that is a liar and I don't mean just a liar to you, but I mean a liar to customers yeah, or, or to, to themselves, other employees, or right. what, it will come to the service and it will be a problem and it will almost act like a natural filter yeah. for you to weed out the bad seeds, yeah. especially once you get, and I'm not talking necessarily one, two, three, four, but when you start getting up there and you start having seven, eight, nine, 10, 15, yeah. and you don't have the real personal relationship that like, like you do now, like, you know, all, yeah. you don't have yep. enough guy, you know them really well. When you have 15 and then there's maybe one or two managers and then you're at the top, you don't have that personal relationship. Yep. So it's hard for you to find problems. But when you have core values and everyone has to be on those core values, it's almost like that stuff just comes to you. Yeah. Like you see this, like you have a good employee come to you and say, hey, man, look, we're supposed to be doing this, this and this. And I don't want to be a rat, but yeah. I mean, you got this is happening and this is happening and this I mean, it makes it a lot easier for you to manage people yeah. when you all are moving to the same goal and core values help you establish what that goal is. Yeah. If you have managers, if your company is large enough that you have managers managing people and you don't have core values in place, your managers will be more thankful for you instilling core values than anybody else. Because right now your managers are probably a little aimless with who they, like how they operate. Well, they right? have six, say a manager has six guys and all six guys have five different core values and he's trying to navigate each person individually instead of as a whole. Yeah. It's a giant train wreck. That's tough. Okay. Right? That's it's, real I mean, tough. It's a train wreck. Yeah. 
That's so. So core values help provide clarity all the way across the organization. Here's the cool part with them too. You can even use them for selecting your customers, right? Like if if you you can use them like we all get into business when you're in business we all get into positions where we have to fire customers we have to actually tell customers please don't call us again we're not the best company for you yeah i've had to do it i can't handle your crazy ass anymore yep please stop calling me so so um <clears throat> one of the listeners to this show his name's jeremy um he's followed the show since the beginning um, he's, he's got my phone number, right? He's, we're, we're close enough to you where. You don't ever give out mine, do you? Only. Don't give out my phone number. Only to the people who aren't ever going to make it in business that I'm going to, I, I, like, I tell them. I em, really don't want to talk to those people. I tell them you work nights. So <laughs> if you could call uh, at 3 a.m., that would be great. That'd be perfect. He's yeah. on break from 3 to 3.40. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, so Jeremy calls me or he sent me a message yesterday and he said, Hey, I had a really tough day. Uh, do you have time for a phone call? And um, I had a, a couple extra minutes. And so, you know, I called him up and he's new into business. Uh, he started his business using a lot of what we talk about on the show. And um, he's run into his first problematic customer, right? We all have, we all have the first one. Yeah. He's finally run into it. I say finally, <laughs> like he ran into his first pretty quick, right? And, yeah. and, and you don't get to pick this. This isn't something... Like, we got freaking lucky that we ran so long without running into a problematic customer. He ran into one, like, well, within a, a couple real, of months. Not a real problem. Like, a serious problem. Yeah. No, like, when I say problematic, I mean customer that's threatening the BBB. Yeah. Right? And so... You, know, you have to be a member for anyone to care that you call the BBB. Well, and the BBB is kind of a sham now anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. Call so, them. Yeah. Call, you know what? Give them my phone number. Yeah. So, so Jeremy gives me the rundown on everything. Jeremy did everything textbook. He provided the customer a price for the defined amount of work before the work was done. He showed up the next business day on time. He did the work. He did exactly as much work as he said he was going to charge or said he was going to do. He charged the customer exactly what he said he was going to charge. And now the customer's mad because the customer had convinced themselves that the price Jeremy gave him was like worst case scenario, right? And so we talked about it, like on the emotional side of things, it sucks to have a customer tell you that they don't think you were worth that much and all that stuff. But, you know, that stuff doesn't even phase it. it, it, (laughs) You you just got to you just got to get over that. Yeah, that's where having core values in your company really, really helps. Right now, Jeremy's still a company of one, so he doesn't have like I'm not saying his his fault is missing core values. It definitely wasn't. I didn't even mention core values last night on the phone with him. But um what we did talk about was like some of the parameters for how he, how he's doing business and he's doing business. He's doing everything right. He came in with the best price. He was on time. He had the best quality. Like, I mean, he flat kicked. He just had a crazy customer. He just had a crazy customer, yeah, right? He just had a piece of shit customer. And and so I told him like, this is by rights. Every, like everything about this customer is somebody that you should fire. And I said, they've already paid you, but now they're griping about the price. So you could just stick to your guns, right? That's what I'd do. Or I said, here's another way you could handle it. You could offer them a hundred or a 200 or a $300 refund and tell them that this refund comes under the pretense that you'll never call us again. Yeah. You're literally, you're firing, you're giving them a small refund. You're meeting them in the middle on what they're asking for and you're firing them at the same time. 
Yeah. So chances are they're never going to call him again anyway. I totally get that. Yeah, I stick to my guns. Right, right. Like that's just personal. Personally, I stick to my guns. I say you call whoever you think you have to call. Right. I mean, I know rights on my side. Yeah. And we'll just see what happens. So, but the moment the contractor tells the customer, I don't think you should ever call me again. It's it's freaking eye opening because the customers that are in that position, the customers that are ballsy enough to gripe about the fact that you charged what you said you were going to charge, those customers are so out of touch with reality. That they are just blindsided whenever a company says, don't call us again. We don't want your business, right? But that's that's noble. That's a company that knows exactly who they want for a customer, and that's not it. it, it and they know exactly who they are. Yes, and they know, know their I mean? worth. They're not trying to fish around. Right. And a lot of guys, I like I was that way when I first started out. I mean, I'm just trying to navigate you know, where I am, where am I in the group of HVAC contractors? Like, what am I doing? How am I going to get there? What am I charging? You know, I mean, and I mean, I'm sure Jeremy's (laughs) dealing with the same thing. Well, and and he's, he's a little like he, he flat out said, he's like, I'm, I'm not known for being cool under pressure. I'm a little hot headed. And so I'm just trying to make sure that I don't go, you know, learn that patience. And so in that case, I told him like you, there's two hats you have to wear in this position. One is your, your awesome technician hat, right? The, the, the hat that you provide awesome service, you really clean work, you know, everything is eyes dotted and T's crossed and all that stuff. But in this case here, you have to take that technician hat off because that has all the pride and all the work you just did. You have to take that hat off and you have to go put your completely out of touch manager hat on. Yeah, like you and, haven't seen the work. You don't know what was said. Right. You have to just You have to remove yourself from the situation and look at it objectively yeah. and say, like, what is the best outcome for this? And the best outcome is either you tell the customer tough shit and you keep all the money or you literally give the customer a couple hundred bucks back under the pretense that you never call me again. Yeah. So um, we've even, I've even done this once. Um, uh, This was an extenuating circumstance. I wrote up a small agreement and I made the customer sign it. Um, This was when I was a manager at a different company, but I gave them a refund. But in the agreement that they signed, they agreed that they would never call our phone number ever again. They would never say any disparaging remarks about our company ever again. And they would, uh, that, that all warranty on any work we did was null and void. Perfect. And, and so basically I'm getting like part of what you're paying for is warranty. So if I'm giving you money back, I'm, I'm sure as heck not going to come back in a year whenever you're complaining about something. Right. So, yeah. So we, we basically locked ourselves in to where this customer, because they were becoming almost to the point of harassing us, calling every day and making up shit just to get us out there. And so, uh, this was, this was over a, a plumbing repair that was about like $8,000. And so I gave them like 500 bucks back. Right. And, and there's not anybody out there who wouldn't bid a job for 8,000 and then take 75 for it. Like if you had to, right? No. So I voluntarily gave them 500 bucks back. And I said, this 500 bucks comes with these three conditions. You never call us again. You never say anything bad about us. Like I can't, I can't control if they say anything bad about us verbally, but Nobody I have their it. written agreement to but where if, if they give us a bad right. review or yeah. they say anything bad online. Yeah. You can sue them for defamation can, if yeah, you want. I can, yeah, and they're in violation of the contract we yeah. just signed, right? So they at least owe you 500 bucks. And they I'm can't the call guy, me back for warranty. I'll spend 3500 to get that 500 Yeah, like just out of spite. Like yeah. I'm just like, ugh. 
So um, core values help you in all aspects. They help you define who your company is going to be. They help you define how you manage your people. They help your managers define how they manage your people. And they help you define what customers you want and what customers you don't. So uh, keep core values in mind. If you're an existing company with employees, you need to get some core values in place. They, your, your employees will appreciate it. I can yeah. promise you that. And if you have to put them on a sign and put it up in the shop, do it. Yeah. Like if you need that daily reminder, if they need that daily reminder, do it. Yeah. It costs 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's no big deal. Right. Just stick to it. If you're going to do it, you have to stick to it. Yeah. No wishy-washy. All right. Mitchy, Mitchy. Third and final topic. Third and final topic on that. Also, I wanted to say, too, something that I learned also is like your technician, but to also operate as a manager and like the visionary entrepreneur. And I think where I struggle with is just being the technician, like the being good at the camera part that when it came to like managing money, business stuff. So a little bit, of, as I call it, you're saying too, is like being able, it's, it's hard for me to step away and almost kind of be my own manager yeah. or visionary. So yeah, that's personal growth too. Well, and, and some of that is there are, there are some people out there that are not yet, I say not yet because they're not forever not cut out for business ownership. There are some people out there that are not yet cut out for business ownership. You may be the best pizza maker in town. You may make the best fucking pizzas ever. The ingredients you put on them, the texture, the way that you handle the crust, like everything is just awesome, right? However, if you don't know the first thing about running a business and the first thing about customers and how to acquire a customer and how to develop a following and how to sign a lease agreement yeah, and all of those things, it doesn't help. you might not be cut out for owning a pizza parlor. Yeah, didn't the barbecue joint just down the street go out of business? That, for that exact same thing? No, so that actually has there's a no. there's there's a whole lot. Of, I'm no. friends with the owner. I know you are, but he's I, I he's got a whole lot going on there. That do you that, know why people didn't go into that restaurant? They were busy all the time. Shitty service, shitty sides. They were busy all the time. No, they weren't. Their food sucked. Yeah, they their didn't. Meats were the best. Yeah, everything else about them sucked. They so they didn't go out of business because of that. They chose to close their doors, and I think it has more to do with their business partnership stuff than everything else. Well, that's still part of it. So, but well, I I think what it means like he's choosing other business ventures in, in the barbecue arena, and he had to get out of his partnerships to do so. Is what I expect to yeah. be happening. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. so uh-huh. like you've never had a friend lie to you before. <laughs> uh-huh. Not him. Mitchell yeah. loves Plowboys. You yeah. got to be careful. Yeah, yeah it's I'll knock on my Plowboys barbecue. It's garbage. Okay, the third topic is third topic is NFL Week One. Week number one in the NFL. As we are recording this show, Monday Night Football was last night. Yeah, Monday night was last night. So Monday night. So week one wrapped up. Week one wrapped up last night. I would like to say, if we're going to talk about football, before I forget, so the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill, okay? And everyone God, said... I am tired of Tyreek. I'm going to make this real quick. They traded Tyreek Hill, and everyone in the national media was like, oh, man, what's Patrick Mahomes going to... What are they going to do? Oh, man, he's awesome. Well, first off, they didn't trade him because they wanted to get rid of him. They traded him because they got a ton of picks. It was a business decision. To work for the future. Yeah. Okay. Second off, Patrick Mahomes hung five touchdowns and 350 on the Arizona Cardinals. Right. That was like the biggest FU 
to the rest of the league, I well, feel like. Well, thinking this is like team, he was counting them. Like when you oh, get yeah. four, he's holding up four fingers. Like this is that's number four. I mean, the guys. I just I don't understand why people hate teams in the Midwest if they're on the coast so much. Yeah, they've just been getting hated on, and they just I mean, they hung one on them yesterday. Well, I I got some I got some mm. opinions here, Austin. You were, you were going to well, say something? I was going to say it's the thing is people get surprised by things that happen every year in the NFL. Is like oh someone got traded. That's how the NFL has worked for. Over like well, half this, a decade. Yeah. Well, this year was like the some of the biggest. Trades. There were some big moves. So Russell Wilson yeah. went to Denver. Went to Denver. Right. First off, he's washed up anyway. Yeah. I can't believe they gave up so many picks. But that goes to my theory that the Donkeys are the worst franchise in the NFL right they now. They definitely have some management I mean, problems. The bottom five. Yeah. At least. So I love watching them lose anyway. So. So. That's okay. I. I refused to post anything about the whole Tyreek Hill thing and all that shit because like that's literally living in the past we talked about it on the show before I know I know but like that's literally living in the past if you you can't go into it with a mindset of like oh what are we gonna do right like the guy's got fucking weapons all over the place so um well Tom Brady also had wide receivers traded all the time and guess what it didn't Mm -hmm. really matter right right sometimes you get a better team like, people are like, oh, this is so great, it works, but just, like, there's a chance it could be better. Right. You know? Right. So, it's like... So, outside of that, you've what else got... Happened? What bring? So... I will say that in that... I did watch part of that game last night, the Seahawks and Broncos. Right. When Gino... I didn't realize he was going to be the starter in Seattle. Right. He hadn't started a game in eight years. Right. He came out there and was throwing rockets. Yeah. Throwing ropes, dude. He's got inspiration, he man. Was he's kicking their ass. He's on a freaking mission, right? I was right? like, oh my God. So imagine he this. He played great. Imagine you're the Broncos. It's fourth and five. You talking about the end of the game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got, when they kick that 64-yarder? You got 101 <laughs> left on the clock. It's fourth and five, and you waste four, and you have three timeouts. Yeah. Yeah. You waste 40 <laughs> seconds. Getting yeah. ready for a play. Trying to decide what they're doing. And then you decide to kick a 64-year-old sixty-four year old field goal in, on, on 4th 5. In Seattle. Instead, where the air is dense. <laughs> instead of putting a little bit of faith in your $256 million quarterback. Yeah. When we talk about bad management decisions on this show, like, oh, man, I screwed up as an owner, I screwed up as a manager, that's a bad management decision. That is fucking horrible. <laughs> I mean, absolutely horrible. It was pretty bad. Like it was pretty bad. You got three timeouts. Yeah. You could try to draw them off sides. Like there's, there's a thousand things you could do. That goes to my point of, they're the donkeys. It's bad. I mean, right? it, it all starts at the top, man, and it's just working its way down. Quarterback absolutely is not making the team there, right? It takes a team plus a quarterback. Yeah. And and everyone thought that oh, Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos. He's we're okay. Yeah, it was nope. awful. It was awful. Everyone keeps saying the AFC West is the best division in football. Like, I mean, the Raiders got their ass stomped yeah. by the Chargers. I mean, Denver looks like a dumpster fire. Yeah. I mean, is it the best? No. So, it's the Chiefs and the Chargers, and then there's two other teams that we well, let play with us. Then you got the AFC South. Yeah. <laughs> Not a single team in the AFC South won a game, and two of them played each other. Yeah, that tie was brutal. I mean, like, I love how there were on. almost two ties yesterday. I know. Real close. 
Yeah. So we didn't actually get to see the second of the two ties, or near ties. The Pittsburgh, the Bungles. Uh, because they they had to leave that game to show the Chiefs. Yeah, I was watching that game. Can you believe how bad the Bengals played? So yeah. everyone said last year, so it should have been either the Rams in the Super Bowl and the Bills or the Rams and the Chiefs. Right. And somehow the Bengals, the Bengals almost lost... Yeah. Their first playoff game, their wild card, I think it was a wild card game, to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They almost, they barely skated by there. And somehow they got on a magical run, which happens. It happens. And then got destroyed in the Super Bowl. Yep. And now everyone is like, oh, the Bengals are the second coming. Oh. No. And they no, just that's... lost to maybe one of the bottom eight teams. Right. I mean, Pittsburgh, Mitch Trubisky... Went for, he couldn't play in Chicago, and he's not going to be able to play there. No, they had five turnovers, and they couldn't score the ball. Yeah, and they. St- I mean, they still only put up twenty. Yeah, it's, like, what? it's just ah, drives me crazy. The, there was a whole lot of movement in the AFC. The AFC looks like it's really promising, right? Here's here's another thing that I'm just blown away with, and and I think it's because they're everyone's hating on the top guy. Well, that's At, that's every that's everything. Everyone yeah. hates the top dog. After week one, they've ranked all the QBs. Oh, did you see that? Post week one. Did you see Pro Football Focus's rankings? So they've, oh. they're ranking Mahomes number eight. Yeah. Right? Um, Mahomes was the only QB in the NFL to score on their first two drives of the game, to yeah. throw a touchdown on their first two drives of the game. The only QB in the NFL. Yeah. He threw five touchdowns to four different receivers. Yeah. Six for the game. Yeah. One one was rushing touchdown. Uh, how is that guy? I actually heard an it's number eight. Funny you bring that up. So I heard an interview with one of the pro football focus guys. Right. And he basically said, "I don't rank them. I don't know how that happens." He said, "But in our dynamic of how they rank." like individual throws and individual plays and all this stuff. Like they had one last year that literally Patrick Mahomes moves his eyes. You can see him that, you know, they slow everything down. You can see him move his eyes from the left side of the field to the right side of the field. And you can see all the defenders take two or three steps that way. Yep. And then he throws to Travis Kelsey, who is on the left side of the field. And it doesn't count as a great throw because he's wide open. Yeah. Well, he's wide open because Patrick moved the defense with yeah. his eyes. He's, and that doesn't translate to the pro football focus ranking system. Right. He's, is, is he's outsmarting everything that they've used to rank QBs in the past. Yeah. Right? The, the shovel pass for a touchdown. Like, I mean, a lot of it has to go to the play creativity and everything else. But the guy's on fire, right? And then, yeah. and then you <laughs> got brutal. And then you got Tom Brady, who I know, again, everyone likes to hate on the top guy, right? I'm sticking with my guns. I said this 10 years ago. I think he sold his soul to the devil, and I'm sticking to it. He's, he's plus 45. He's the Years oldest old. QB to ever start he's in the, the NFL. He's the oldest player. Oh, no, once his name was a kicker, I think, was yeah. a little bit older. Yeah, he's not the oldest player yet. I can't yet. remember. He's really close. Yeah. He's, I'm telling you, he sold his soul to the devil. Now, listen, this is an op-ed here. I have no <laughs> facts to back this up whatsoever. <laughs> but I think he sold his soul to the devil. I mean, 
the guy's playing like he's 30 years old. Yeah. He's throwing dimes. He's and, mean, he's and ki- ropes. I don't I mean, he's killing everybody. He is, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so far past the point of me hating his guts that I'm starting to envy the guy. Like, yeah. I'm, I mean, so what when, else am I supposed to do at this when point? When he was with the Patriots, I didn't like him. Um, and part of that may have been uh, because the Patriots knocked the Chiefs out. Uh, on the all championship the and you know all that kind of stuff. That was before he had Mahomes. But oh no, they did even with the first second year Mahomes. The moment, the the very moment where I started becoming a massive Tom Brady fan, and this turned around very quickly, was uh, to hear about the locker room conversation that happened after Brady took out Mahomes in the championship game. Um, Brady goes into the locker room and talks to Mahomes and tell basically tells Mahomes like, this one just fell this way. You're freaking amazing. Stick to the process, and you're going to do amazing things. And, like, all of the hatred that you ever had for Brady after that kind of went away. Oh, no, I still hated the guy after that. Yeah, but I didn't. it's just now starting to turn. Yeah, I, I didn't. I think I still personally hate him, but it's like I, I hate him so much that I have to. And for the ability to go to the Bucks and win it. like Well, only two quarterbacks have gone to another team and won a Super Bowl, and it's Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Yeah. That's it. That's amazing. That's it. Right. Did you see, speaking of all that, did you see the Patriots get the shit kicked out of them by Miami? Oh, absolutely. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I hate the, I don't, I I don't want to say I hate. As much as I want to see, like, I want to see Tyreek flounder, right? So. Oh, no, I want to see Tyreek be great, and I want to see Bill Belichick cry. I don't. (laughs) That's what I want to see happen. I don't like Tyreek Hill's personality. This is why, this is why I didn't post shit about Tyreek Hill at all. I like him. Like, you see all these people. (laughs) I love him. You see all these people that were super quiet for so long. And then all of a sudden, the Chiefs do well, and they're like, Tyreek, what? We don't need him. But the whole time before that. They were all quiet because they were they were thinking in their own mind like, shit. I hope we don't need Tyreek. You know, well, of course everyone was thinking. And, that. and so then they jump on the bandwagon, right? I haven't liked the guy for a long freaking time. You follow him on social media and you see him off the field. Like, there's a reason the Chiefs don't let him do interviews. The guy's just freaking trash. He's disrespectful. He's not a team player. He's just trash. And so, like, I was actually, when whenever I heard he got traded, I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. Like, our team just got leveled up. In well, I the, thought it was cool because we got 87 picks. Well, I mean, yeah. And, I'm like, and they burned a ton of them up. Have you seen, did you see how fast the defense was? Yeah. They used all those picks basically on defense. Yeah. That's how they did that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I we leveled up in the culture department by getting Tyreek Hill off the team. So, he just did not jive with the Chiefs' culture at all. I don't think the Chiefs are going to miss him one bit. They won't because they have Mahomes. And they have – look, they brought in some great wide receivers. Yeah. So, moving on, did you see Minnesota and Green Bay? No. So Aaron Rodgers – so Devontae Adams got traded to the Raiders. Right. And now they have no wide receivers up there, and they got their asses kicked by Minnesota. Yeah. And Minnesota looks like they're on fire. They're going to be great. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson had like 184 yards. But I think Aaron Rodgers ranked over Mahomes on that whole QB rating bullshit. Mm, I don't think so. Didn't? I don't think so. Not the PFF. Yeah. I was looking at the top eight, and I'm like, how in the fuck is Mahomes number eight? I don't know how many times we have to like 
say to Austin, Austin, when we bring up questions, you have to look up on the Google <laughs> machine. Up. And I look over, and he's talking to his wife, like <laughs> just not even listening to the show. I'm not sure why he's getting paid. Like, I can hit record on the soundboard if you want. We just, boop, you know, boop. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, busted. Uh, I'll look it up. How about that? Busted. Oh, boy. There we go. There we go. Just just type in pro football focus QB rating week one, 2022. It'll come right up. PFF QB rankings week one. Here we are. Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Kurt. Kurt Cousins plays for Minnesota. Whoa, no, this isn't right. Because Mahomes isn't even on there. Oh, yeah, he's way down. Oh, shit. Yeah, he was way down there. He was like 10. Uh, 13? He's under Joe Flacco, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, my gosh. Let me see. You're not looking at the wrong list. I don't think you're on the right list. Player grades. PFF analyzes every player from every game in the – yeah. Okay. Yeah. So – they only rank one, two, and three, and then just have everybody else. But like, oh, then it must. They do rank them. They've got Mahomes under Tua. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's garbage. That's bad. Anyways, Aaron did not play good either. No. Either. That, so that list it's going to be an interesting football season. That list is kind of like it carries as much weight as when people try to say who's ahead in the polls with like you know three months out from the election. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like uh, we only asked Pete Buttigieg. We only asked people that had voted or registered to vote Republican, and then we took the poll. Like, yeah. What, what? Yeah, that's they're trying to will it into existence, right? Yeah, like, we say Mahomes is number eight, so hopefully we can knock him down a peg or two. Yeah. So and people don't like the people well, hate Kansas City. I, I don't know if the NFL wants another dynasty or not. Like, well, I don't. It's bad for the NFL. Well, I shouldn't say that. So. Whether your team is in, so if there's a dynasty, everyone else in the league is watching to root against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Super Bowl, so I think your ratings can be up based on that. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like there for a long time, it was like, who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Not the Patriots. You well, know like what I mean? Last, like, like last year when we played the Bengals. Like they, there was a poll. They do a poll for every game, you know, especially in the playoffs. Who do you want to see win? And America was like eighty percent on the Bengals because they were just tired of seeing us kick everyone's ass. Right. Get right. used to it, people. Yeah. It's, it's coming. For I mean, all, uh, we don't have a lot of listeners here in Kansas City, so everyone right now is like these fucking homers in Kansas. No, no, it's not. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it's our time, people. It, well, <laughs> it's our time. It's just looking at the facts and saying like, yeah. there's a lot falling our way. No, I don't want to say fall. Say that there, there's a lot heading That's our the way. Second closest I've come to punching you in the face on the show. <laughs> Falling our way. There's a, there's a lot heading our way. Here, here's the cool thing. I'm super stoked about this. Four championship games in a row. Never <laughs> before. You mean it's just falling we're in the middle of it? We're I, like right in the middle. I went to a lot of games last year, and that was in prep for this year. Uh, we got some season tickets this year to the Chiefs. Yeah. So. Uh, Last year we went and we purposely got seats like all over the stadium so we could decide kind of where we wanted to sit. Yeah. So 
Scored some great seats. Front row, Man. upper deck are the best seats in the house. Well, you can't get so we couldn't no, get front row. No, no one gives those up because right. they know they're like, okay, yeah, the, you can see. We got row five, upper deck, row five. Yeah, so those are still good seats. Close enough for front row, but uh, yeah, we're those are great. We got pretty awesome seats, so we're yeah. we're pretty stoked. Fifty about yard it. line, front row, upper deck. Thursday of this week. So by the time this podcast airs, the Thursday night game will have already happened. Oh yeah, I play but, Chargers um, this week. I hate Thursday night games. Got the like I'm so tired. Like, got the whole family up. Uh, we're all gonna go. I got oh, four. Shit. I got four season tickets. The main reason my my younger son loves going, um, and then I got two for bringing guests. Right. Um, who it's, knows? It's might, even, I, might even I, I invite you. I didn't get invited I, last year at all. Well, I didn't even get invited to a preseason game this year. The preseason games, we were filled up. Mm, man. I've been to one With preseason game guests. like four or five years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, we, I, I mean, it. we literally got them so we could take like all kinds of people. So I'm I'm excited for what this year I love may football. hold. So. I love it. I watch – dude, I watch games – we got usually it, when it gets starts getting cooler out and I can't do as much outside on Sundays. Yeah, I use, there are some Sundays I watch the noon game, the three o'clock game, Sunday night football, and then I'll watch Monday night football when well, it comes and, on. on Monday. So not all cities tailgate like Kansas City does. Like it's uh, going to a game in Kansas City is literally an eight hour event. Oh yeah, you've got it's an all dare. You've got four hours of tailgating. Yeah, and then you got a three hour game. Yeah. And then you have an hour waiting in traffic to get out of the stadium. But <laughs> I um, nap. I, I usually try not to drive, and then I nap. So I pulled. I pulled a fast one this year. Uh, we have the all-electric Ford Transit. Um, Arrowhead Stadium has ten EV parking spots on the very front row of the stadium. So I got the cheap parking pass, the red pass, right? But the EV parking spots on that front row are they for anybody? For anybody, first come, first serve. So as long as you get there when the gate's open. So are you going to have to like stop at every person and say, it's an EV? Yeah. To get through there? Yeah, literally, I just tell the people, this is an EV, and they direct me right up to the front row. Really? And and so the EV parking spaces there's are also... There? There's only 10. It, um, it, with all the rich people that own Teslas in this town... They show think, up late. Oh, they don't They don't get there when the gate's open. Tailgate. Yeah. So... So you're, um, you're like first in line. Tailgating. I'm like first in line. I get there. I get my front row parking spot. And and the EV parking spots are in the platinum lot where so that, that's where all the action happens yeah. at Arrowhead too like for the tailgating, um, the Rumble drum band go they do they literally parade by our tailgate twice before every game. Uh, you'll see all of the mega fans the the super fans you'll see those people uh, are psychotic. You'll see Casey Wolf you'll see all the cheerleaders. Uh, last year I got to hang out with Nick Lowry for a while. Nick Lowry's awesome. So like. There, you see Does some, he still have the stash? He's still got the stash, rock, and rock, he's still rocking rock the, the massive stash. ring. So of course, he, of course, he is. Yeah, like he's it's cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a fun time. It's a whole lot of fun. So yeah, we're, we're excited for this maybe year. I'll get to go one game. You'll one, you'll one get to go. Days. I promise you. I don't You're not in the all kinds honest, of people category. To be honest, I don't really like going to the so, games. Last night, because it's I mean it, the beers are expensive. I got to pee every five minutes. It's yeah. hard to see. You can't see replays. You just have to go knowing I'm yeah, going for the party dude, I not tell to you, watch the game. It's hard. Like, to, you just have to know that's what you're going it's for. It's a different environment to watch it without getting all the stats and without oh, getting yeah, the replays tough. and without getting all that stuff. Yeah. Like It's it's different. It's hard um, to watch. So last night, uh, so both my boys are going to this home opener. Um, I assumed my wife was. And so I, you know, I'm telling her like last night, I'm like, hey, I don't know what we're going to like. 
I was asking her about like questions for logistics about when we're leaving to go to the game, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going," <laughs> and I'm like. Well, I thought you were because both boys were going. But if you're not, I guarantee you, I've got somebody to take the ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And she's like, I think I'll go. I'll go. It's warm. I'll go to one. Like she hates the cold weather. Yeah, hates go, it. So she'll the, go to the early yeah, ones. The best games are like October games, November games. Yeah. Early November games. Man, I it's just it's flannel weather. You know, it's beer drinking weather. Dude, I just hit a freaking gold mine at the thrift store. I saw Tony Gonzalez jersey. Yeah. I sold my Tony Lake jersey. Dawson jersey. Lenny Dawson, you idiot. No, Lake Dawson. Who's Lake Dawson? He's a wide receiver. Never heard of him. Yeah. What's his number? 80? 80. <laughs> Never heard of him. Um, or don't remember. It's probably more like don't remember. These are retro jerseys. Tony Gonzalez jersey. Um, and You said that one first. You got a Derek Thomas jersey. Too. Derek Thomas? I can't believe that was at the Goodwill. Fucking A. And the creme de la creme... A Chiefs starter pullover. I got a fucking starter jacket. <laughs> Do you remember in like 1988 when that uh, was like... This one's probably... Like 95. Looking at the writing on it, it's probably early 90s yeah. starter jacket. It was like $100 mm. back then. Uh, I paid $69 for it Jesus. at the thrift store. It wow. had its value. It had wow. its value. But it's freaking awesome. That's funny. Dude. My dad has a chief starter jacket, so I can't wait to take he him to a game. He still wears it. Yeah. Hmm. I can't wait to take him to a game. I took him to a game last year. Did he wear it? And he pulled a ticket stub out of the pocket from the last time he went to a game. It was from like 2002. Wow. It was like a Monday Night Raiders when game. sucked. Yeah. So That's I can't funny. wait to go matchy-matchy with him in the starter jackets. <sighs> so, all right. This show's running long. We better cap it. Cap it, Mitch. So, Get out of here. Guys, if you like the show, uh, if it brought you value, if it's going to help your business, do us a favor and help share the show with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company or share it with your buddy who doesn't want to start his own company but just wants to listen to something cool about uh, business-related stuff. So um, if you have any questions you want to submit to us about things that you're running through, let us know. Uh, we can answer those. If you just send an email to askmitch at mitchsmedley.com, um, we'll email uh, back to you all the answers we have. If your questions are good enough, we might even make a show about them. So uh, until next time, guys, we will see you later. Thanks, peeps. Peace. Peace.